What's going on, my man? My man, Pete McHugh, what a do, baby. How we doing? We're doing well, bro. We're doing well. Beautiful. I am honored to have you on the show today. Are you excited to be here? Most definitely, sir. You, I have, I've been in the podcasting scene for quite some time, so I got to start here. Thank you for inviting me on the show because for the first time, I am not doing the interview. I'm on someone else's show, so this is going to be a whole <laughs> new territory for me because I'm usually the guy that does the interview. <laughs> well, I'm quite excited to have you on here. So without any further ado, I'm going to start the show off just like this. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Matty Pace coming at you live from the Matty Mo Show, the host with the most mojo, but you already know, though. If you're just tuning in for the first time, thank you for lending me your ears and attention. Second off, you can hop into the iTunes podcast section if you want to download this interview and have it everywhere you want to go. Just subscribe to the Matty Mo Show. We're also right here on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Overcast, and Pocket Cast. But without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, enough about me. Let me introduce my main man, Pete McHugh. Pete, please tell the people the name, the age, where you're from, and then we'll get into it a little bit more. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Pete McHugh. I am 32 years old and I live in the great state of Michigan. And I am honored to be on the Maddie Mo Show because we're going to make some things happen today. And it's going to be awesome. I love being Ooh. a motivator and I love to be standing next to a motivator. So we're going to have some fun today. Ready? I am ready. Ladies and gentlemen, this is story time with Pete Matter. Story time on steroids, <laughs> as my man says. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you haven't listened to Pete McHugh before, I highly suggest you go over there, uh, over to the his station after you listen to this beautiful interview and uh, get to know him a little bit. My man is very awesome, great personality. Like he said, motivator. He loves all sorts of things. He's a big music guy. He knows a lot about music, ladies and gentlemen. He does a crazy Yoda impression. Loves him some Star Wars and a, a whole lot of other things to go catch out, as well as WrestleMania, which is on the bill. So, Pete, today we are actually going to get into a little bit of motivation for the people. Oh, I'm, to I'm totally done with the motivation thing, man. That's what I do. It's what I'm here for. And when I say when I'm here, it's what I'm here for. I mean, it's what I'm on the planet for. That's what I mean. Um, that's why I'm on the planet. <laughs> I love to motivate. I absolutely love that. Ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing better than when you find your purpose. And let me tell you, my man found his. So we're going to let him give a brief, uh, you know, a brief talk about uh, what he what he is involved with, uh, you know, his condition, not a disease, and how he handles it on a day-to-day -day basis. So we're just going to get into it a little bit. So, Pete, why don't you go ahead and tell the people a little bit about your condition, um, when it started, uh, how long you've had it for, everything, and then we'll, uh, we'll get into the next question. Well, my, my condition, which is cerebral palsy, uh, it started from birth, and it's caused, or at least it's theorized that it's caused. It's never been absolutely confirmed by doctors, but it's caused – uh, it's thought to be caused by a lack of oxygen at some point during the birthing process to the brain. So, like, at some point, I, I don't know if it happens in the midst of it or you are you deal with it or you get it after or you're – but CP comes to you because of a lack of oxygen during the birthing process. And it affects a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Um, some people, their speech is affected. Some people, their um, – thinking and the way they process thought is affected some people are affected on half um 
in half of their body on one side of their body. The other people, their whole body is affected. Um, there are the thing about cerebral palsy is that there are no absolute telltale signs. Uh, okay, that's what CP is, and basically what happens is what it is specifically is a I I like to think of it as a birth injury. Most people think of it as a brain injury, but mm-hmm. it's 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 caused because it's caused by an injury during the birthing process, as I say. So it does affect the brain and how the muscles uh, relate to the brain, how everything interconnects. But there are many, many, different, many different factors that relate to CP itself. All right. Okay. Now that is, uh, it's still very interesting, you know, that they can't pinpoint, um, you know, pinpoint where it stems from in the birthing process. So it can maybe be avoided and things like that, which is, you know, unlike my, myself, similar, uh, I have diabetes, type one diabetes, which is the uh, pancreas's inability to produce insulin and uh, level glucose levels throughout the body. Um, not too sure people can get that at any time as well. And it's very interesting how the body works. And especially, you know, from you being since birth, um, absolutely out of control. But I am excited that it did not interfere with your, you know, your speech because you are a great speaker. And, uh, you know, I love me some story time with Pete. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, go check it out. My man comes out all the time. Story time with Pete is hot. So how has CP... Um, how was it growing up with CP as a young child uh, up into your age now? Well, the thing of it is, is I want to, I'm going to start here. I am very fortunate to have grown up in the family unit that I have with the friends that I have and with the therapist that I have. And I say this to people all the time who have cerebral palsy. Um, it is challenging to deal with your condition on a daily basis and it can be it's always an uphill battle um everybody faces challenges it depends on what you do with those challenges and how that's what's going to shape you and so i i'm going to say this over and over again the reason a therapist exists in your life i'm talking to somebody who has uh, a disability similar to my own right now who might have cp who is resistant to a physical therapist maybe at this point in their life. I feel like I'm talking to this person right now. You need to listen to your physical therapist. Here's why you need to listen to them. They are there. It is their job. It is their journey in life to teach you how to live in your body, in your circumstances, with your CP, and give you the best life that you can. Now, I know know it's challenging because I was there. And when I was 13... I got to a point in my life where I was like, really, do I have to do this every day? Do I have to live with this? Do I have to, do I have to face these challenges? I, you know, when you're a teenager, you, you, you get to a point where you kind of rebel and you're like, why? Why do I have to deal with this? And then you, um, but I'm going to tell you, if you want to live the best life that you can, you've got to listen to your therapist. They're there to help you. They're not your enemy. They're your friend. They're, they're your guidance they're going to give you the best life they can because that's what you're supposed to do. Then that's what they're, that's, that's what they're on the planet for. So please, please, it might be a pain in the neck 
from time to time. It, it might bug you from time to time, but for goodness sake, listen to your physical therapist, okay? I swear, you need to. You just need to. Um, that is beautiful. I Now, how about in those PT practices, you know, in those physical therapy and whatnot, what are the main exercises that you've been accustomed to doing? I, I believe you like to do some yoga and things of that, keep the body limber. Um, what other exercises are involved when you do have CP? Well, there are, there are many, many exercises. But basically, what happens, the yoga happened after I went through like 18 years of physical therapy because that was when the insurance basically said to my parents and I, okay, you're 18 years old. We're not going to cover your physical therapy anymore. So what you're going to have to do, and we, we consulted with the physical therapist I was working at the time. He said, well, what I can do is I can give you a home program. And so I've been doing a home program for the last, well, from the time I was like 19 to, to now. I still do a home program to this day. And the main thing that a lot of people don't realize is that what a therapist can do is teach you how to, they, they not, not, not only do they train your body, but they train your brain how to communicate with your body. Because until your body, until your brain understands what your body is supposed to do, until your brain understands how to process how your body is supposed to move, then your muscles aren't going to have any idea how to function. So everything actually starts with people think it has to do with muscle and strength and, and physical movement and that sort of thing. And, and to a lot of degree, it does. But the first building block or the first training ground has to be the brain. And it has to be, they have to learn how to coincide and communicate with one another um, from the ground up, oftentimes before a, a person with CP can, and can even physically move. So it has to start with the brain before that the is body. That is beautiful, great, and a phenomenal point made because uh, I feel that people with uh, these sorts of conditions, other conditions, um, people who are paraplegic from the waist down, don't have certain limbs, things like that, I find those stories are the most impacting. And it, it also gives, they're often a lot more stronger you know, a lot stronger than people without conditions. I notice a lot of people without conditions like to complain about certain things and, um, you know, it's just unacceptable. So I love the way that you use your condition to improve other people's lives, especially with that point of the mind needing to connect with the muscles before the muscles can move the weight. Because I say the same things with uh, a lot of people that I work out with or have worked out with over the years that the, the body will fail a hundred times over before the mind does. And you know, the stronger the mind, the stronger the body, but most importantly, the stronger the soul and the willpower. So thank you very much for that. You're very welcome, sir. And that's the, that's the thing. It's not that, See, here's what people don't get. Some folks who don't quite understand the process think it has to do with muscle weakness. And to some degree, like I say, it does have to do with muscle weakness. But if the brain, if the, if the brain doesn't know how to tell the body what to do, how is the body going to move? It just doesn't happen. 
Exactly. Exactly. Now the home program, you know, shout out, shout out to the physical therapist that hooked you up with that. That was amazing because, uh, you know, since insurance didn't, didn't want to cover anymore, which is completely out of control, but we won't get into that. Um, now in the home programs, how similar is it to the things that you were doing while you were seeing a personal physical therapist, like in the office? Well, well, the framework comes from physical therapists. So the same things that I was doing um, with the therapist at the time, and basically here's what happened. Um, I'll, I'll be given a group of exercises because it depends on what I'm working at a particular time, but I'll look at a, I'll work with a physical therapist and consult with them and they'll be like, okay, you need to work on this group of muscles. We need to work on this. We need to work on this. And here's how we can do it with this group of exercises. And I have consulted with a a number of physical therapists over the years, because when I first got the program, I was 18 and it really depends on um, what happens at a particular time in my body and in my life. So what will happen is I'll go to a physical therapist and get an evaluation. And after I'm evaluated, they'll give me a starting point and they'll say, okay, this is what we need to do. This is how we're going to do it. Come back with me in about six months and um, we'll go from there. But basically, I, I... this happens with every case. You have to be evaluated to determine where you need to go. Just mm-hmm. like a personal trainer, really. There's no really any difference with that. It's, okay. just, more, it's just more specialized um, to be effective or to relate to CP a little bit more in a specific case a little bit more. It's the same thing with a personal trainer, though, for a lot of people. Uh, that's interesting. That's very cool. Now, um, that's so awesome. So you've made tremendous strides over time, especially pushing through the, um, the motions, um, constantly every day being an uphill battle. So you, my friend are just a walking inspiration for many out there, especially for people with, uh, CP, uh, once they get to hear this afterwards, you know, it'll definitely, and hopefully help, um, anyone in similar positions battling with a medical condition. Now that brings me to my next question. Are you a part of, or have you thought of becoming a some sort of counselor or inspirational speaker for people with this condition? Or is there anything like a foundation that you have become a part of or partnered with to help other people for not just in your town and your state, but around the world? Well, I, I've done, I've done. Like worldwide, I've done Facebook Live things. I've done, um, I've spoken it with youth groups for with friends of mine who are. This was a while ago, but I've spoken with youth groups, friends of mine who are pastors, youth pastors, and whatnot. I have um, spoken um, with one of my connections as relates to one of the agencies I work with. So yeah, I've done some public speaking before. I've done podcasting since two thousand six. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's always very, very cool. And this is what I love about Anchor, um, without digressing too much. Anchor gives us a chance as podcasters. And I've been at, I've been at the podcasting game a long time, as I said. Um, a long A long time. 
give anchor gives us a chance to interact with a specific community because like this example right now me talking to you uh on an interview you're in new england i'm in michigan beautiful and and here's here's the thing um that didn't exist say 2006 when i started um podcasting itself has made such leaps and bounds but like with apps like anchor and apps like lemur and Vodle, i don't know if you've heard of those but they're yeah they're very similar um social podcasting which is what this market is now is creating roads and making inroads itself and creating a community and a level of podcasting like i've never seen like when i first discovered that you can interview uh people from all over the world i i, I like i jumped well i didn't literally jump because that's one of the things i can't do yet <laughs> but i i i i i I had I had a pretty spastic moment when I found out that you could uh, when you could like have phone conversations and phone interviews with people all over the world. I, I like I I, I I about jumped out of my skin because oh definitely most definitely it's I, a yeah phenomenal. I mean yeah, like you said without this app this who knows if we would have ever came in contact with each other. Uh, I definitely wouldn't have made as many connections with people as I have or learned as much as I have. Uh, it's truly amazing. So we'll give Anchor a nice little shout out. Uh, Anchor, thank you very much. Uh, the creators and the people who continue to build Anchor and make it a terrific place to not only podcast, but to connect with people. Because that right there is one thing the world needs more of. And everyone always complains about how technology separates us because they focus on the negatives all the time in social media and things like that. But this is definitely and most certainly a positive when it comes down to the technological game. So thank you, Anchor, for making this possible. And Pete, I just want to know something. What's that? Who do you got on your bill for WrestleMania this year? Oh, boy. Uh, there are 11 matches. How long do you want to go into this? <laughs> Give me your top. I want to know your top. Uh, your top three favorite matches and who you think the victors will be. Well, we got to talk. The, the the most intriguing match for me this year, and people are calling this the show match. This is they're like this is just this is just entertainment. This is just the show. This is not anything that's significant. And like WrestleMania every year has these matches because they want to they want to bring new eyeballs to the product, right? They want to bring fans to. The, to the product that maybe haven't been wrestling fans for a long time, or maybe are wrestling fans for the first time. So Ronda Rousey, the former UFC queen is making her in ring debut this (laughs) Sunday with Kurt Angle against who was also an Olympic athlete. Ronda Rousey was an Olympic judo uh, martial artist before she was a UFC fighter. And then now, now, now you've got Kurt Angle, an Olympic wrestler, from the Olympic Games in 1996, teaming yep. up with Ronda Rousey to face Triple H and his wife Stephanie, which is, of course, and I don't know if you know this or not, but oh, St- yeah. Stephanie McMahon is the daughter of Vince McMahon, the founder of the WWE. So, oh yeah, that's the attraction match of the year. I, I remember them because I used to be an uh, an avid wrestler watcher. I, I've lost kind of touch 
in uh, the years that have passed, but I used to be an avid wrestling watcher growing up when it was the WWF and then ventured into the renaming of the WWE. So, yeah, I know all of them, you know, uh, D-Generation X. I know, the, the you know, all the old school Hawk and Animal, Team 3D, the Dudley Boys, you know, all those amazing uh, performers. So there's the highlight match for you. Now, what's the next match? Well, you got to talk next. You got to talk. I'm 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 gonna go here now. Next, you got to talk about the the WWE Heavyweight Championship match, That's and right. that, that of course is AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, Shinsuke Nakamura started in um, Japan, and here's the thing about Shinsuke Nakamura: Shinsuke Nakamura is he came from um, what is known in Japan as strong style wrestling. But here's, a, here's something that a lot of fans don't know about Shinsuke, unless you're a hardcore fan such as I. He was an MMA fighter along with being a professional wrestler. So this guy is not only not only is this dude a professional wrestler, but he's legit. He, wow. he can actually kick your butt for real. <laughs> and so, and here, here's the thing. What's going to be epic is, you know, WrestleMania, folks, for those of you who don't know, and you're living under a rock, is basically the Super Bowl of the WWE. This is the big. The, what's happening tonight? WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans is the biggest show of their entire year. This is their big one. This is the Super Bowl, and so you've got Shinsuke Nakamura and probably the most athletic performer since Shawn Michaels and AJ Styles. Yeah, buddy. Since going against and these these pre. This is going to be a match, people, because these two guys right here, Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles, have put on some serious clinics in Japan, and they're bringing it to the WrestleMania stage now. This is gonna this this, this is nothing to sneeze at. This, <laughs> this, this 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 right here, this could this could be the um, it, it's going to be a performance, and it's going to be a match to remember. And of course, on the on the women's side, I want to talk about this for a second. Not, yeah. only we, not only do we have Ronda Rousey, but we have the daughter of Ric Flair, Charlotte Flair, going Woo! at it, going at <laughs> it with, with going at it with um, Asuka, another amazing Japanese uh, performer. So this card from top to bottom, I'm telling you, dude, um, is is going to be epic. And I here's the thing that's got everybody wondering. This has not been officially announced yet, but people are wondering if Undertaker's going to show up because he's, oh. pe- he's supposedly retired uh, a couple of years ago. And he's got a couple of bad legs, so I don't know. People are wondering if he might show up and face John Cena. That hasn't been officially announced yet. That hasn't been officially determined, but that in itself right there, that would be a hell of a WrestleMania surprise if that actually happened. Wow, that would be, and what I would give to see uh, a Tombstone pal driver on John Cena. That would be absolutely unreal. Yeah, uh, and, and whoa, yeah, I know, and uh, it, I don't know. I, 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 the thing that, that that scares me about, as much as I would love to see Taker and Cena go at it. Taker is 50, 
51 now. And he's gotten to a point where he is so physically beat up at 6'11", almost 7 feet, at 51 years old. He's getting to a point where if you watch him wrestle, it's almost... Like I said, this is why it hasn't been confirmed. Um, It's almost sad to watch him fight now because we know it's predetermined. We know it's scripted. We know it's not a real fight. But there's there's still an art form to professional wrestling. There's still a a certain amount of athleticism that has to happen to be a performer in the WWE. And I think as much as as I hate to say it because I love the taker, I think he's getting to a point now where it's so much more physically taxing for him to be a performer. And I, the last, like the last fight I saw with him against Roman Reigns at 30, uh, 30, 33 last year, there were a couple of times where he just fell over. Ugh. And, uh, depressing. It, it is depressing. Cause it, he, he, I, as much as I would love to see it, and as much as I love him, he, he's not the he's not the same man he used to be. So I say, you know, I would love to see Cena and Taker at Mania, but I don't blame, I don't blame Taker if he says, you know, hell, I'm retired, I ain't showing up. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. <laughs> if it happens, it happens. It would be truly phenomenal if he chose to show up. But you know what? Maybe he has one more left in him. And if not, he did have one hell of a career, and it had been a pleasure to watch him uh, come up in the WWE, venturing into the, you know, craziness that he he did over the years in his career. So that being said, what is the last match or something about this WrestleMania that is really catching your eyes and attention? The very last one that you could say, what is it? The one that's really catching my eyes and attention that I haven't talked about already. Let me see about that one. Hold on a minute. Um, it's obvious to me that Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar are going to go at it. But here's the thing: Brock Lesnar is going to lose the tel- They're going to lose the title. Uh, a lot of people hate Roman Reigns, and I don't know why. Um, I think they feel like Roman Reigns is being shrubbed, shoved down their throats, and I think that they because Vince loves him so much that he will be the next guy. But here's the thing. Um, I think after this event, it's pretty obvious to me that Lesnar's going to go fight in the UFC. So I think, obviously, they're going to have to find a new champion, and it's going to be Roman Reigns, as much as I hate to say it. I think he gets a lot of slack that he doesn't deserve because he's a uh, he's an amazing performer, and I think that, he does have a future in the WWE. I just think that a lot of the fans are jaded and they feel like, well, we're being forced to like this guy. So, yep. um, and it, it, it's, it's, and at the end of the day, it's all about entertainment. This is never, see, <laughs> one of the things that irks me in modern society that still happens is my friends, especially, um, they, they look at me and they go, you know, wrestling isn't real, right? I hate that. It's not about being real. It's never been real. It's never been real. It's about entertainment. Yeah, I bet they're the same people that love to watch Star Wars and they think that's real, right? <laughs> so when I, 
when I when I get the question, you know it's not real, right? It really pisses me off. <laughs> I don't blame you, Pete. I don't blame you at all. I've also defended wrestling the years growing up because uh, they have. I don't get why people do that because you know those are the same people going to the movies that love Harry Potter and the Lord of the Rings and and all that. And what that is is even more unreal with CGI. So they're they're taking it a step over fake, if they want to say that, and bringing it to a whole new level. Whereas when you have actual entertainers, actual human beings putting their body on the line each and every night, maintaining phenomenal shape as well as charisma, it really gets to me as well when I hear people talk like that. And uh, just the level of ignorance that people don't realize what they're saying until it's put into perspective. So hopefully those people will be listening to this podcast and they will get a better sense that it's not about real or fake. It's about the entertainment, just like the movies and the TV sitcoms that you watch that you know aren't real, you know? Yeah, yeah. And the thing of it is, is when you... I've, I've been watching wrestling for over 20 years because I started when I was 11. I'm 32. And, yep. and as the, the business has evolved, especially today, you've got people like Stone Cold Steve Austin. You've got people like Chris Jericho. You've got people like the amazing Jim Ross, who's written a book on top of uh, you know being a podcaster. He hasn't podcasted for a minute, but that's just because he's switching networks. He'll be podcasting again in April. And what's interesting to me as a fan now is I get to go back and I get to listen to these you know performers talk about the ins and outs of the business and how the business works and the reality, okay, the the business itself may not be real. The, the fights may be choreographed. There might be a certain number of entertainment involved, but there is a certain um, athleticism. There is a certain reality. There is a certain truth to the business. And it's interesting to listen to these performers who have been around for years talk about okay, this is what the business is really like. And there is a certain realness to being a performer, going up and down the road 220, 250 nights a year and, and, and putting your body in line, as you say, and, and being a performer and show, showcasing the art form. Because that's what professional wrestling is. I, I'll say a million times over, professional wrestling is an art form. It's an art form. And it's it's an amazing, it's, since the you know the carny days the carnival days in the in the 20s and 30s and it's just as entertaining then or now as it is it was it was then and it's gotten to a point where it's on a super bowl kind of level it's insane how uh, it's it's in, it's insane to listen to the industry and watch how that grows and stuff and how it's grown over the years it's 100 percent. those guys are something definitely provide a different class of uh, entertainment that is for sure i got a couple of buddies down at wrestlemania right now my buddy justin pingaro aka justin sane and my man travis philbrook they are dressed up in costumes as my friend justin's dressed up as hulk hogan and my friend travis is dressed up as rowdy rick piper and they are already getting so much unreal (laughs) (laughs) so Anyways, that has been a phenomenal uh, discussion to start it off with the very impacting, very um, 
you know, intuitive interview with you, especially coming up with uh, CP. I hope everyone got a good chance to listen to explore a little bit more of that life, what it takes to succeed in it and gain something well. Uh, the wrestling as well. Great entertainment right there for the show. And now, as you know, Pete, I usually close all my shows out with a final thought. And as I did a final freestyle on your show, I would like you to take the reins and give the people a nice short and sweet final thought of something motivating and impacting to leave the people with on my station. What an honor. I got this one. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to leave you with this. There are two kinds of people in the world. Those who believe the world happens to them and those who know that with love and that with grace and that with patience and time and with with joy and all this goodness that we've been graciously given by the creator, the universe, God, however you want to see it. We know that you can either create the world or you can stand outside the world, right? And one of the things that inspires me and lifts me up on a daily basis is this. I know that I'm a creator. I know that it's a joy and it's a gift to be a creator. And I know that may, though you may not believe it now, though you may be an observer now, though you may be somebody standing on the outside looking in now, everybody on the planet has the choice to be a shaker and a mover. And everybody on the planet has a gift. And everybody on the planet, there are individual gifts and then there are, there are universal gifts. And the power of a universal gift is that we get to unite together and, and uh, create and shape as a society. But the power of an individual gift is being created as we speak, as we move, as we live in society. And I will always... I will always be someone who is willing to help other people, especially, find their gifts. So I would encourage you to not only continue to listen to Maddie Moe, but come on over to my station if you need a little shot of encouragement and, and motivational caffeine. Continue to listen to Maddie. Continue to Come on over to me because I love motivating people. That's what I do. It's what I'm here for. Uh, I drop episodes every Saturday. It's going to be on a very rare occasion that it'll come out on a Sunday, possibly, maybe. But if you're looking for a little extra kick in the motivational pants, come on over to me and we'll have some fun. I, I love I love motivating. And it's a lot of fun, people. So I just I, I would just encourage you to, you know, come on over and see what I'm about if you haven't already. Very beautiful, Pete. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your message and I appreciate you as a person. And that being said, ladies and gentlemen, is a wrap on this story time on steroids featuring Peter McHugh. Thank you for listening to us. Hope everyone has had a joyful time. Go over there and check out Peter McHugh. My man is not new and he has the words to motivate you. So thank you again, Pete. I really appreciate it. That being said, I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. This is Maddie Pace from the Maddie Mo Show coming at you live saying one life, one love. We out. Grace and peace, everybody. <laughs>